Welcome to Weekly Wisdom. I'm Josh Rees, and this is a podcast exploring what's wise in philosophy, comedy, science, pop culture, and everyday life. Gilda Radner became famous in 1975 as one of the not-ready-for-prime-time players on Saturday Night Live. Her charisma and creative spirit came through the screen in a powerful way, initially appearing to be a kind of female support cast to highlight the comedy skills of John Belushi and Chevy Chase. Within a year or two, Gilda was a centerpiece of the show. My favorite skit from the very first episode of Saturday Night Live begins with Jane Curtin in a courtroom. She's sharing about an attempted assault she experienced and is having trouble saying in the courtroom just what the man had asked her to do. The lawyer tries to get her to talk, the judge tries, and eventually they all agree that she can write it down. The lawyer takes the paper to the jury and one by one they're shocked to see what is written. We see Gilda's character asleep. Her neighbor elbows her, wakes her up, and hands her the note. Gilda reads it and without saying a word gives the man a big wink, nods her head, and gives him an okay sign. A classic moment in television with a punchline that didn't even take a word, just a presence. Gilda's presence shined not just on screen and stage, but in her personal life. This happened in a very public way when Gilda began sharing about her struggles with ovarian cancer. She wrote a book called It's Always Something. Gilda brings humor, humility, immense authenticity, and grace to her experience in a book that has been inspiring those with cancer and their loved ones for decades. She tells a story of getting blood work done early on in her feeling crummy and not knowing the cause. I stopped in the lab to give my blood. The technician came out, wrapped the rubber strap around my arm, took my blood, hurriedly took the car that I had filled out, and went back to her seat in the laboratory. She had never even looked at me. On my way out, I stopped just around the corner to go to the bathroom. Sitting on the toilet, I realized that I was in the bathroom where you give urine samples, and there was a little box on the door that went directly into the lab. Through that little door, I could hear the technician yelling at the top of her lungs. Oh my god, that was Gilda Radner. I can't believe that she came in here. I didn't say hello, I didn't even look at her. God, this is her blood, I can't believe it. I just sat there with a smile on my face, thinking I hope she doesn't drop it on the floor. Gilda shares openly about the experience of often feeling inhuman in a process like getting cancer treatment, as well as that process of being a celebrity going through it and feeling like the whole world is watching. When a dear one of mine was going through a cancer which would soon take his life, what broke my heart most was him sharing with me after a long phone call with his health insurance company. Josh, talking to people has been my job for over 50 years. I can talk my way in and out of anything and have been training people to talk for almost my whole life. It took everything I had to advocate for myself, and my heart breaks when I think about all of those out there who don't have the same skills I have. Having cancer is one thing. Going through it is often as difficult, if not worse. Gilda shares about the struggle to continue to be herself, and yet adjust as well to the realization going through cancer that things are different. After losing her hair in chemo, she shares, I had to go out to my weekly doctor's appointments. Jean or Jody would drive me, and I'd slump down in the car with a hat or scarf on my head. I'd peer out the window at Los Angeles, at traffic and joggers. I'd feel left out of the world. Just like I did on Saturday Night Live, I began to lie in bed before I would go to sleep and try to think up characters. Who could I be to get through this? Friends invited me to a dinner party, and I wouldn't go because I couldn't think of who to go ask. Let's face it, there aren't many women with no hair. I thought maybe I could put on a turban and go as Winnie Mandela, or maybe as the female Telly Savala. I worked on it every night lying in bed, then all day long. But if people came to the door, I would hide in the house, ashamed and angry. I am a big believer that the great challenges in life aren't meant to make us who we are, but that we become even more who we are in spite of them. 
Who knew that Gilda, through her cancer, would give her most inspirational performance? She would pass away because of that cancer, and yet her legacy lives on today through support groups that bear her name. Gilda would meet and get support from a counselor named Joanna Bull, who taught her a term Gilda would embody, delicious ambiguity. She shares, In discussing it with Joanna Bull, I was like a child, stamping my feet and hating the fact that I didn't have control of the whole situation. Joanna said one of her main purposes in working with me was always to remind me to leave open the possibility of ambiguity in life, that you just cannot know for sure, and you can't have everything be perfect, and you can't control everything. You are not responsible for everything that happens, nor can you change everything that happens. A child doesn't want to hear that. Joanna has worked so much with cancer patients and people who are living with cancer that she knows there are no certainties. Everyone has to live with the unknowns. The more I protested about this ambiguity, the more Joanna pointed out to me that it was both a terrible and wonderful part of life. Terrible because you can't count on anything for sure, like certain good health and no possibility of cancer. Wonderful because no human being knows when another is going to die. No doctor can absolutely predict the outcome of a disease. The only thing that is certain is change. Joanna calls all of this delicious ambiguity. This reminds me of the old story of the king who gathered his advisors in a fuss about his kingdom. He demanded his advisors get together and get him a single piece of understanding that would help him to rule and be at peace. The advisors struggled for a very long time but finally came up with something. They wrote it down and handed it to the king who read, This too shall pass. When it comes to the great struggles of life, Gilda shares that the reality is that we must always confront them. I know better now that fighting cancer is a continuing process, like controlling diabetes or any chronic disease. I have to continue to fight it. My eating habits, my lifestyle, my attitude, continuing to get to treatment, building my immune system, I have to keep fighting and I can't ever stop. I can't ever let down and say, I beat it, I licked it, I'm finished. But mostly, I can't be afraid of cancer. What I've learned the hard way is that there's always something you can do. It may not be an easy thing to do. In some cases, death seems more desirable. But there is always something you can do. And Radner goes on, ending her book, not knowing. But as a reader, we know what would become. She shares, I wanted a perfect ending. So I sat down to write the book with the ending in place before there even was an ending. Now I've learned the hard way that some poems don't rhyme and some stories don't have a clear beginning, middle, and end. Like my life, this book has ambiguity. Like my life, this book is about not knowing, having to change, taking the moment and making the best of it without knowing what's going to happen next. Delicious ambiguity, as Joanna said.